You're listening to the Salty Sex Cast with Mariah and friends. Minimize the fear. Expand your awareness. Welcome back, all you sexy souls. It's Mariah here, and I have a new friend I'm so excited to introduce you to. This is um, a friend who also has a really cool podcast, and um, I am excited to highlight the work of DB or Danielle. Some people know her by both, so say hi. Hello. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. My name is Danielle, also go by DB. As Mariah said, uh, pronoun she, her. I, um, you know, have a background in sex education, and I also am the showrunner, uh, creator, producer, host of the Sex Ed with DB podcast. And we're a feminist podcast bringing you all the sex ed you never got through unique and entertaining storytelling, really centering LGBTQ and BIPOC experts. Um, and I am super stoked to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh. Thank you so much for the being the voice of those who usually get quieted. Just the background of your podcast. That's really, really cool that you guys center around that, the feminists and um and BIPOC population. You know, that's definitely ones that get overlooked or um just don't have enough of a voice. So thank you for being that. Yeah, I feel very lucky to learn alongside uh folks who are complete and total experts and have this amazing perspective, whether that be if they are in the field of research or they are a sex worker or they are a teacher or an educator or, uh, you know, an activist. There are so many different kinds of voices that we're lucky to have on the show. And um, I'm really, again, lucky to be here today. So thank you. Oh, that's awesome. So, um, you know, we were chatting about, hey, the topic that you and I are always struggling on, (laughs) right? Being a podcast is one thing, but having a social media presence is another thing, you know? So a couple platforms you're trying to keep up to date, but then we have this big, big piece of what our message actually is. And it actually gets silenced um, because of social media. So you are always fighting against censorship. I'm always fighting against censorship. Um, and you've actually kind of gotten creative with your newest project, which I thought was so great. I was like, yes, I know what it is because I watched TikTok, but if I didn't, (laughs) I probably would have been a little lost. Um, so that's the, the SEGS ed show. So it's supposed to be a play on sex ed. Um, but you can't have SEX written on social media anywhere. So it's like eggs with an S at the beginning. Exactly. You got it completely correct. Um, yes, I'm glad that you're saying that you're on TikTok because as us fellow educators on TikTok know, you know, like the word sex in the beginning of, you know, the popularity of the, um, the app, like a year and a half ago when a lot of people got on it in the beginning of COVID, um, you could use the word sex. I remember my first couple videos, you know, are all about sex education with normal spelling and normal hashtags um, that, you know, I felt super good about that content and was excited that I finally found a platform that I was able to 
not be censored on. And yet, of course, um, they always, you know, change the algorithm. Eventually they catch on um, Mm -hmm. because they're not able to differentiate between sex education and, you know, pornography or inappropriate images, you know, it's, it's kind of a mix of like bots and real life people who are clearly not trained in how to make sure that young people are getting access to age appropriate information. And so because of that, um, because of the algorithm changing and because of folks like me on TikTok getting shadow banned when we were using the word sex, when we were talking about periods, um, our content would be removed or deleted for violating community guidelines. And so we decided to say, screw it, and let's create an entire show that is kind of a nod to this reaction that TikTok is having and call it the SEGS Ed Show because many sex educators were using the word SEGS, S-E-G-G-S, as you said, in order to kind of get around to circumvent those bans that we were experiencing. And so we were like, let's just make an entire egg themed video series and make a lot of egg puns and make it really silly and funny. <laughs> and that's exactly what we did. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really stoked and proud of the content that we put out for uh, our first season of the show. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. I watched a couple of them and I was like, you know that there's a team of dedicated folks who want that message out there that are working on it. So I was like, even like the little sound effects and like everything on there, I was just like, that's so fun. And of course, you know, when it's something like TikTok where it's three minutes maximum of your attention to bring you closer to a higher sense of education and just healthy sexuality. So that's really cool. So um, take a step back, I guess, a little bit. and. Tell me what drew you to sex education in the first place? Yeah, I appreciate the question. I think that it's so funny because whenever I kind of share these stories, um, when folks ask this, they're, they're kind of like the staple stories. And then in addition to that, it's like, what am I feeling like extra passionate about this week that I'm going to like <laughs> add on to that? But Love it. I would say like the two main things, number one, my mom is an OBGYN. And so Mm -hmm. when I was little, we really had uh, a specific kind of comfort around vaginas and periods and just really me understanding that like women's rights, reproductive rights, people's rights are paramount or super important. And that very much happens through education, through advocacy, through activism. Um, And so that was kind of like the beginning of my journey of understanding how important this work was. And then there's another story I like to tell. I'll tell an abridged version of it just because it's a little long. But the year after I graduated from UC Berkeley for my undergrad, I went to Israel and taught um, for a year there. I taught English. And so my teaching cohort, we went to this super religious community in Jerusalem for a field trip one day. And um, the main rabbi was kind of like showing us around there. And we were chatting with him for hours. And he was talking about like his customs as an Orthodox Jewish man and you know, just really sharing a lot about his life and offhandedly kind of mentions, you know, he has five daughters and when each of them reach the age of 17 or 18, they'll be married off by the matchmaker. They won't learn about sex until their wedding night when they have it. And they pray that they get pregnant on that night. And that was kind of like one fell, one fell swoop. And I, as like a 21 year old who thought that that was 
garbage, um, like raised my hand and kind of like fought back a little bit in the moment of being like, what about what the hell they want? Uh, what about like their rights and their bodies? And what if they're not ready to be moms now or ever? Like I kind of said a bunch of questions and he kind of just like, you know, waved me off and was like, this is just how it goes. And so ever since that moment, when I was 21, I like wrote a note that night in my phone about it, like really remembering, I was doing a thing back then where I was one, I was writing one sentence per day to like really remember like a mini journal. Kind yeah. Of. I like and that. yeah. And, and that happened in uh, October of 2014. So that was just about seven years ago. And so it was then that I kind of realized, okay, I want to make sex ed my, my life in some way. How do I do this? I knew I was really passionate about storytelling. And so it was then that I found um, Columbia's Masters of Public Health program with a you know, certification in sexuality and reproductive health. And I knew I wanted to go to grad school. And so um, here we are seven years later, I, I did a couple jobs in between um, that moment and grad school. And was in the sex tech field doing content and digital storytelling and also teaching um, a little bit. And so fast forward, I graduated from Columbia uh, in May of 2020 last year with my master's of public health and have been doing my podcast for about four and a half years and recently started doing it full time. Um, so it's been quite a journey and I'm learning more and more in the sex ed field every day from experts that I have on and from colleagues in the field and uh, feel very lucky to be doing this work full-time. It's really awesome. Oh, that's so awesome. What a fun story and how, you know, little interactions really do um, drive us. I love the one sentence journal because I feel like I need to journal and then I just kind of get overwhelmed. Where do I start? And so then I just don't, maybe that's my podcast. It's, you know, (laughs) journal to the world, but, um, the one sentence that, that leaves a lot of um, pressure off. Right. Yeah. Um, so have your master's degree and everything and then been going through and the storytelling piece is really interesting too, because again, we can go and talk about anatomy, physiology, and, you know, the do's and don'ts of human sexuality and connection and everything under the sun. But unless you actually tell it in a way that's entertaining and relatable, it's off, it's done. And that's why a lot of people probably fizzle in this, you know, niche market, I guess we have, of, of, you know, adult sex education. Um, so it's really cool that you're putting all of your background together in something that society really, really needs. Yeah. Thank you. I think like the SEGS ed show is really like a marriage of kind of like my passion for like, you know, performing and entertaining and also like using our platform to educate folks on all of these topics that we were so excited to talk about, whether it be understanding trans healthcare or normalizing periods or loving lube. Like there are so many things out there um, that we were able to cover, even though, you know, our format was like four one minute parts per episode. So it was just like one minute of like, okay, a little bit of fun facts, myth busting history um, information. So um, yeah, it's been, it's been really, really fun. 
That's awesome. Um, any specific trends that you're seeing? So like you said, you got on TikTok, you were like, ah, freedom, love it. We can finally have a platform to tell people about, about all of this. And then wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. that was a trend in itself. But anything else you're kind of seeing as you're going through and doing research, preparing your message, all those things? Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting because there are some sex toy companies out there who are somehow doing really, really well on TikTok. I think like they're still getting flagged. They're still getting community guidelines, warnings. They're still getting their content removed. Like that's not, not happening to them, but their videos are getting millions and millions of views. And they're doing it in this way that they don't have to have the sex toy in the video, but they're using euphemisms. They're changing their language, the text on screen that they use. They are usually very funny, very quippy, short, silly videos. Mm. And so I think like that has been really, really awesome. I've also noticed that my videos at least get a lot more views when I duet other people who are doing really popular stuff. So I think it's been a fun way to like collaborate with other sex educators and try to figure out, you know, how to really make our content blow up, right? Because it's really easy for a makeup artist, right? Who already has millions of views or can easily gain millions of views because they're really likable to continue on that path because their content's not getting flagged, right? Like they're not getting any inappropriate messaging from TikTok that they have to change their content because sometimes people's profiles and handles just outright get deleted, like without warning. And that sucks. Like that would really suck for me as someone who's depending on that in order to make an income in order to do advertisements or whatever kind of income that I'm doing. And so I think like really looking at other sex educators and seeing what they're doing in order to really get around those community guidelines, including, like I mentioned, short videos, hashtags that are trending rather than hashtag sex education. Like you got to kind of be sneaky on the platform in order to, to have your content blow up. Um, you, you have to act like a predator to avoid getting banned because of they're trying to ban those predators that are out there. Like that's what is so silly is we're, we're, the effort is completely blowing up. Like it's wrong place, wrong time. Try again. <laughs> yeah. Like if only people who are looking at these videos were trained or like my idea that I had was like, why can't there be an age filter? Like, why can't I check a box that says this content is not appropriate for people under the age of 16? Like, I feel like that would be such an easy fix. Like TikTok has people's birthdays. Like they have ways of confirming their ages. Like why am I responsible for making you TikTok believe that sex ed is an important topic to teach young people? Like it it just feels so backwards. Why are we doing all of the uphill battle who are teaching healthy relationships, communication, you know, human sexuality, doing all of the work when just as easy, you know, Teen Timmy can come over here and hop onto Pornhub for his education, you know, and that's two clicks away versus all the roundabout way we're trying to just get healthy messages out. 
Oh, yeah, so frustrating. It's, it's really backwards. And yeah. like TikTok will often keep videos that are inappropriate, that are yeah. like, that don't have a value that are just the sounds are inappropriate or they're offensive or they, there are misogynists who talk, like I saw a video of Jordan Belfort. I don't know that guy from Wolf of Wall Street, like who Wolf of Wall Street is based on. He's like talking about 18 year old and 17 year old girls and like sexualizing them. Like, yeah. and those videos have millions of views. Like, why is, why is that the content that gets to stay on the platform? The predatory messaging, just everything out there. Yes. It's so frustrating. And just like you said, it is untrained people or algorithms that are picking this up. Um, and simply saying, Hey, I'm a sex educator can sometimes help you not get completely deleted, but doesn't mean you're not shadow banned does not mean like you're, you know, it didn't post that once you have to remake it, whatever's going on. Um, but I know a lot of people who have to have, um, their backup accounts in case they do get deleted or, um, completely kicked off the platform. And that sucks. Like that's why we didn't have Instagram for, you know, the first two years. Cause I was like, I'm not dealing with that battle. I can kind of get away with it on Facebook a little bit more. I was more comfortable with Facebook if that ages me a little bit, but, um, like I was like, okay, I got that one. But Instagram was a whole nother beast and TikTok is beautiful and I love it. I will never have the patience or ability to be a creator there. So I am the, your consumer. I'm very glad that you're out there and making it, but it's a huge uphill battle that isn't fair to those who are trained, who have years of education and are just trying to make the population healthier. What the fuck? Yes. Completely. You really said it. That is correct. And and that's the biggest reason I did the podcast. Cause I was like, I don't have to censor myself. You know, we, I, I have had one platform denial. Um, and I won't obviously bash that platform. Um, and I have no clue if it was even just because we were sex education or not, but one denial out of how many other platforms were on a couple, like a dozen or more now, 13, 14 or something. Um, so podcast is easier for me. I don't yeah, have to work no. around that censorship. Um, however, sometimes it is hard to, because I do have sex in the name. So salty sex cast, um, you know, there would be no way I could ever run a Facebook ad or something like that, which I don't want to anyway, it doesn't get the people I want to listen to it. But just little, little things like that, it's kind of this interesting, how do I get over this? <laughs> well, what is the other creative way? You know, um, so you've also been able to flex that creativity to get around a lot of that. Um, but any failures, anything that just flopped and you're just like, that sucks. That was a lot of effort to get this message out. Mm. I mean, honestly, with the Sex Ed Show, we had a lot of experimentation and I kind of assumed wrongly that like the videos would go viral on TikTok. I was like, oh, this production value is like super good. Like we're going to have like, you know, I just have seen really high quality videos on TikTok that I wanted to emulate and assume Mm -hmm. that because we were taking the right steps oh, easy. This is going to go viral. People are going to do at this. Like I had this assumption about it. 
And the reality was like, they were not doing very well on TikTok. Like I just did an analysis on how many views on each platform the videos got and Reels was our best platform. And so we were able, because we were able to partner with this really amazing account and person, um, her name is Jess and she runs So Informed. She has like 3 million Instagram followers and we're kind of like friends. And so she reposted some of our content on her stories and those videos like blew up. But other than that, like the, the way that the videos were viewed and the lack of like press, I was kind of hoping for this, like, oh, like this is our moment, right? Like we have really good content. We're like able to promote it on our platforms because we have like, you know, 80,000 followers, like this is going to be great. And like, it, it, it didn't, it really didn't blow up in the same way or in the way that I expected it to. And so I kind of had to make decisions of like, okay, well, is it our, the way that we're posting? Is it because we baked in captions? Like it was a lot of kind of like, what's going on here? Oh, it would drive me. It would keep me on mutt night. Was it the font? Was it this? Ah. (laughs) It was It was a lot. And so I think like there are a lot of lessons learned about like, okay, like that was our first go at it. Maybe if we do another season, like I would change a couple things. Maybe it would be like more buzzy topics or, you know, maybe it's like less of a production value. So you use our phone, you use our phones. Like, I, I don't really know like what exactly we would change, but I do think that that was a big learning experience. Um, for sure. And, and things that I would do, do differently next time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had, you know, my wellness coaching business on Instagram. And I remember just sitting, well, I still have it there. It's just now it runs itself, whatever. Um, but I would sit there and obsess over, okay, this hashtag worked and that one didn't, you know, what's going on. What can I change? Oh, was it because of this? And it's hard. It's hard, especially when you really just have something to give back. And, um, you know, in this weird social media consumer society, what is that ticket in and the things that get that ticket and you wish they did (laughs) it right. Like how is that one blowing up or why, you know, um, even just like the, like you were saying, the production value, you know, someone who's on their phone for 30 seconds, whatever. And that's obviously, you know, it would kill me. I'm so glad that you're doing it because that's <laughs> awesome. And that you have a, a really cool team behind you. I was looking at your website. Um, so for anyone who's interested to follow along, that is sexedwithdb.com. And, um, you have like your team broken down in the seasons that you had with your podcast. And I was like, holy crap, there's a ton of people behind this. That's a ton of people who want this message out. Like, that's so cool. It is really cool. You're right. I mean, it's been, it's been kind of wild because we have had mostly different teams for every season. And the one constant person is my co-producer, Kathy, who is a lawyer by trade, by her day job. And she just like does this with me on the side because she's just like super passionate about it and into it. And I'm so lucky to have her. And, you know, our 
teams over the seasons have had such awesome things to contribute and really different skills that they've brought to the table and have just been really open to me being like, listen, we have, you know, maximum amount of money is like a couple thousand dollars from our advertisers. Like we can all split it, but it's like not that much money. And they've Mm -hmm. just all been down for that. And that's been, I've been really lucky that I've been able to have people trust like my vision and kind of like where I want to take it in order for them to kind of like be on board. It's been very special. That's so cool. Just to, just knowing again, you know, they have that uh, same belief in you and your message as you do. So it's really cool to, to have that and see that. Um, and again, you know, the sex ed show, just like you were saying the sex ed show, um, just like you were saying the production value, you know, just everything that's behind it. It's really cool. Um, okay. I'm going to ask you to think rainbows and unicorns and perfect world scenario right now in a perfect world, how would people get their sex education? Hmm. In a perfect world, sex ed would be taught from kindergarten until we die (laughs) literally um I mean in school literally it would be kindergarten all the way through secondary education um it would be happening at home with parents guardians family members people who even if they don't have the answers will provide love and support and really work to provide the young people that they're raising with resources and tools and education and information for them to have happy and healthy lives. And it would happen in the media. It would be happening in books and movies and TV shows and pretty much anywhere where we are interacting with people, it would be happening. So Mm -hmm. I think like first and foremost, school is where it's not happening most. And it's, yeah, super important that we continue to have these conversations and fight for that reality. Uh, Even though that means maybe like putting us out of existence, right? Why would everyone need that? Why would anyone need the Salty Sex Cast show if, uh, or Salty Sex Cast if it, um, if they were all educated? School is a place that sex ed almost doesn't exist. You know, it's this tiny little class, maybe one or two years in your high school, everyone squirms. You need a parent signature, at least in the state of Utah where I I'm from. So you need, um, parents to opt you in into sex ed and, and then we're fighting against social media and like trying to get our message out. So like school doesn't want us, social media doesn't want us but everyone needs us. Um, you know, I had an experience recently that I got invited to a lifestyle party and, you know, it's this meet and greet. It was really, really cool. It was just like, Hey, no, no pressure just for people to get out who have the same lifestyle, right. And can to get in to meet others to get in. There was, these are all of our rules. Um, I guess not rules, but just like, Hey, consent, touching, like compliments, communication, all these things that they went through 
to make someone feel comfortable, which I was like, can every bar have this? Cause this is a lifestyle party where most people think, ooh, gross. Those are just like sex crazed people who just like, you know, don't know what they want, whatever are healthier in these like boundaries and communication than, you know, regular folks, because we don't know any better until we know better. Um, I just thought it was really, really cool. Cause like this dark, scary world that I was sheltered from forever is really bright and colorful and everybody is so willing to encourage you to get educated and communicate and find all these answers for yourself. And you know, what I thought was the right way or what I told was the right way was like, no, we're just going to stick our head in the sand, pretend nothing exists. And you're probably going to be unhealthy because of it. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That I, that's so cool that you went to that party. I've also never heard it described as a lifestyle party. Yeah. I don't know if it was just like a Utah thing. Um, it's, it's interesting, different places. Um, you know, it's advertised it different ways, you know, like where it's like polyamory, non-monogamy or whatever. Um, I know a lot of folks are now like avoiding swinger term just because it kind of, it's, it's going through the wash right now and it's kind of on its way out an outdated term because it holds a lot of negative, um, things. And we're again, we're getting educated and we have more language. So yeah. You know, ethical non-monogamy is the lifestyle or LS. I was like texting a friend and she was just like, oh yeah, how long have you been in the LS? And I was like, you're going to have to incur- like, tell me more. Cause I don't speak the kids. Picking up what, you, what you're putting down here. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was really funny, but I was like, oh yes. Okay. I don't even know how to pinpoint myself sometimes and other things. I'm like, someone else knows more about me when they use language like that, but it was just funny, but, um, really eye-opening on those who care for education, um, typically are shunned and quieter and quieted, you know, just like I was saying at the beginning, you know, how cool that you have those, this platform to give some of those hushed voices, um, a voice hushed. Yeah. Stories of voice is what I was trying to say. Um, because I feel like typically they have most to say and we have a lot to say and we don't have those platforms. Um, so are you ready to create like a new social platform, social media platform with me? And it's all going to be pro sex education. Sex and- stuff? Oh man, yes. that would be really awesome. Yeah. I, I really do wonder like if that is going to happen on platforms like Instagram and Facebook. I mean, like it's gotta be, a matter of time, right? I mean, maybe not. I could be completely off, but it just feels so outdated for the time that we're at. I think like there needs to be a better way to differentiate between completely inappropriate content for a certain age group and appropriate content for a certain age group. And I just don't, I don't know what it's going to take for that to happen. And, you know, who's even to, to judge the appropriate and, and inappropriate, you know, for sure. I can go on Pornhub hub and select, yes, I'm 18 or older when I'm 13 years old kind of thing. Right. And so it's like, even then, even if all it says is 
this is for this age range or this message is, you know, best suited for this and, you know, something like that. But it's, it's really impressive that there hasn't been some type of social media, like break off. That's like, no, we're actually going to ban your unhealthy messages about, you know, toxic masculinity or whatever. And these jokes that you think are great. Um, that's what we're going to ban. And then we're going to have all these other things that are available, you know, like, or just the things that are out there, the misinformation too. (laughs) Uh, okay. Um, I don't want to go off on that forever, but you know, it's, it's surprising what the consumer wants to. Yeah. I mean, don't really want to talk about Trump, but like, if we (laughs) think about like, you know, the makeup of this country and like who, you know, maybe you don't want to say you equate people who voted for him or who were okay with his misogyny and sexism and all the horrific things that he stands for with their personal values but it's really hard for me not to equate those things and when you look at the breakdown like there are plenty of people in this country who yes are misinformed and have the ability to be informed at their fingertips and they don't want to they choose not to or they choose Mm -hmm. to get their news from non-scientific sources on Facebook or however they get their news. And like, that's hard. That's like a really hard thing to fight against. Bigotry is very challenging to break through. Um, So I just think that with the misinformation stuff, like, I think, what is it? I think it's like less than 20 US states require sex ed to be medically accurate in schools. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, that, that needs to change first and foremost. Like it it needs to, you know, like there are all these things that need to happen in order for us to then reach people how we need to reach people. And we're just like, not there yet as a, as a community, as a, as a country. Yeah. It's, you know, well, and, and the, those who are looking for it or who are now finally ready for that message it's really hard for them to find it. Why are they having to dig when, you know, they're ready or that's, what's frustrating to me is like, I get it. My message isn't for everybody. I have lived in Utah long enough to know that most people want to pretend it doesn't exist. Right. Um, so it's when someone's like, Hey, that was kind of interesting. I just heard something I've never heard of. No one actually painted consent like that for me. I would like more, um, instead of hearing like, Oh, consent's this stupid thing that you have to be like, you sure you're okay. If I touch your thigh, you sure, you know, and, and it just keeps going on and on. Right. And, um, you know, where consent can be sexy and consent looks like so many different things. Consent also looks like, you know, accepting someone's no and learning what those cues are from somebody else and how to read those. Right. Um, but I'm like, who sat there and poo-pooed on it that now we have to like rewrite that whole script. Anyway, I'm going off on a complete tangent. No, I completely um, get what you're saying. I like totally agree. It's, it's really tough. And like, we are, we kind of put ourselves in this position to 
fight this battle, right? Like no one in like, I don't know, like tech has to like worry about this. Like my brother is a physical therapist. Like this will not be a part of his battle that he has. (laughs) Like no one thinks of physical therapy and is like, well, that's not, that doesn't help anyone. That's inappropriate. Like that's just something that we, have accepted as like a he- a way to heal our bodies when there is trauma or when there is need for that. And it's the same kind of thing where like mental health stigma, right? Like that stigma is shifting and changing. And I think like people in the public eye have done a really, really great job with being open and honest about their public health issues. And I think that makes people comfortable about expressing that. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, it's shifting, but maybe it's just shifting a little too slowly, like for our desire. <laughs> right. When we have such a passion for this, um, we're like, why, why can't you just take what I'm giving you? I'm shoving it in your face. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to love you. Just let me love you kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I was just thinking about that when you were just talking about, you know, we need a celebrity endorser, like who would be our <laughs> celebrity spokesperson talk about how cool sex ed is and that we all need to know this but it was just making me laugh when you were talking about like people in the public eye and mental health and we're getting there we really are um but it it does take a village and so I'm so glad I have folks like you to lean on to watch you know how you pave that way and you know what what works for you what messages are hitting how can I support that you know sharing for everyone who's listening, <laughs> sharing is caring. Um, and, you know, understanding how much work goes behind sharing a very simple message on period help. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to be like big no-no or super, you know, it, half the population goes through this, right? We have no choice. Um, and so, you know, that uphill battle to share that message, how easy is it to like or share, follow, you know, support that for those who really do just want a healthier society. Sure. There's maybe a little bit of ego in here and sharing my message. I'm not going to lie. I mean, if not, I would have shared it somewhere else. It would have been a high school teacher, help teacher. Oh, of course. <laughs> my, my name is in my own show, so I completely get it. Totally. But for the most part, it really is because we're passionate. We've seen um, the negative effects of not having proper sex education, you know, um, seen and heard stories of people, just like you said, when you were in, in Israel and knowing how some people live without any choice on their education, let alone now being educated and then getting a choice, right? Mm-hmm. human right um, on that is gone. Um, so hearing those stories, knowing what is out there and how easy it is when we are consumers on social media to, to follow those who are fighting that good fight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, would be happy to share my socials if that's cool. If Please I can, do. if Please I can share do. with people, um, Yeah. I mean, I I think it's tough, right? Like 
in, there's there is almost this like oversaturation of content um but if you did like our chat today if you're listening you're like where can i get more of this stuff um please follow us on tiktok um we are at sex ed with db on instagram at sex ed with db podcast if you're on facebook and twitter find us um by searching our name there check out our website listen to our podcast anywhere where you hear podcasts spotify itunes soundcloud wherever um and yeah we're going to be coming out with a new season season six of the podcast um come spring of 2022 so stay tuned for that stay tuned any any little hint on what to get excited for i know it's in a couple of months but (laughs) yeah i mean i think like make any promises (laughs) yeah no i think we're we're figuring out like who we really want to interview and like what kinds of stories we want to tell in the next couple months um i think someone we know that we want to invite back i don't know if you have seen the show on hulu called rami it's a super good show um it's about a muslim american family living in new jersey and the main character's name is rami and his life is very messy and it's about religion and spirituality and drugs and being a young person and love and just like trying to figure out your life And the person who plays his best friend on the show and is one of his best friends in real life, um, his name is Steve Way. And he is a disabled person and he's a disability rights activist. And we had him on last season and he was just super inspiring, just like a really interesting, funny dude. And I think he is coming back uh, next season to talk about disability rights and his work. And so if that is of interest to you, please tune in. Um, And yeah, once again, like, thank you again so much for having me on and for doing this uh, again, as you mentioned in Utah, I that like, I don't take that lightly. I think like, when I am in Brooklyn, New York, and everyone around me, like, pretty much agrees with my messaging around sex ed, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine what it would be like to do it in a place where you are getting pushback and you are getting people in your own community who are telling you that what you're doing is wrong or not true or not how it should be happening. So I think there's a lot of bravery and courageousness that comes along with what you're doing. And so keep on keeping on. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's helpful to know that I've got, again, people who back me and there's other people lots of friends, right? You know, (laughs) salty sex guys with Mariah and friends Um, that if you don't want to trust my word, there's plenty other people that you can go listen to. So, um, you know, go check out the sex ed show or sorry, sex ed with DB show. Nope. I'm fucking up all your names. (laughs) I knew I was going to do this and I told you that was going to happen. I was like, no, it's literally all the same thing. It's totally fun. Sex ed with DB podcast <laughs> the segs ed show that's it tiktok and that's a um it's it's storytelling it's visual storytelling yeah it's like a it's like a scripted video series is how we there we go it. there we go i'm like podcast world outside <laughs> of but no yeah. i don't know youtube <laughs> so yes love it i'm so glad that um we got to connect and thank you so much for reaching out and coming on the show, sharing your message and, 
you know, social media, what the fuck? Stop censoring us is all we can say. Thanks, though. Do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And again, thank you so much for having me. This has been such a nice conversation. Um, always a great time to chat with another fellow sex educator doing awesome work. Thank you. Thank you. And for all my lovely folks listening, if you're not following us on social media, we could use the love because like you heard, we are censored and it's an uphill battle for us to just get anything out to you. Um, super fun news. If you don't follow our social media, um, we have a new Etsy store and we have like shirts and shit. So go get your stuff. I have a taint towel out there. So if you need a towel for your taint, it says the salty sex cast on it. And awesome. you know, there's, there's bodily autonomy shirts. Because you know me and I like to tell everybody they're not the boss of my body. So you can wear that and be cool like me. Anyway, um, again, patreon.com forward slash salty sex cast is the way you can support us monthly. And um, love you all. I'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Salty Sex Cast. Ready for round two? Find us on Facebook.